someone should have told you not to fuck with me. H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P I lost it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had something, and I was like, no. Uh, no. <laughs> what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Keep It One. I'm, like, making love to this microphone right now. Like, Yeah, you were, bro. <laughs> you were doing that. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. I think it's what ruined. I was trying to extend your song, and I was like, man, this dude's deep throwing his mic. <laughs> All right, y'all. I am Chorsey. I'm Dakota. Bitch, what? You don't know your name? <laughs> and we're back with another episode that starts... As most of you have expected, you you know how all of our episodes start, and it's this every time. We have not figured out how to have a professional introduction. There's no need for one. That shit's boring. Why be professional? We could be funny and cute. Bang bang! All facts here, folks. Bang bang into this pussy. I like it. I, I like it. Like I said that. Oh, no. oh <laughs> my god! I said it. It's in there. Leave it in. 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 <laughs> oh by the way folks we're still sober for this it's the same recording session as the last episode we still sober how you doing Dakota? I thought we were telling trade secrets so it's only okay when you do it it's already it's... in the episode we literally identified the date in there because we talked about the fact you gave the date and we talked about the fact that it was the day after the Grammys bitch this is a different episode This it's the same recording session they didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. They don't know how we do it. Yes, no, well, now they do. Fuck bitches get money. Yeah. So, no, Dakota. Okay, how are you, Chorsey? You, you, know, you like you, All right, yeah, what's you, up? What? Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about people feeling as though they have an opinion a valid opinion on my life and how they should go fuck themselves and on this show you say I tend to give good advice which I'm very appreciative of what I am curious about is what is the worst advice you have been given I'd be myself. Most people don't like me. Uh, you you want to elaborate on that, buddy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was honestly trying so hard not to like laugh during your question because I didn't know where it was going. Especially when you said like, "Oh, they can go fuck themselves." Like where? Please get to it, because <laughs> I just didn't know I'm what, afraid. if you're going to give me a BS question, I'm I want to be ready you. for it. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to pre. Um, I don't know, because the worst part is that, like, I think you know this about me, and some of our friends know this about me. It's like... Often when I find myself in a position of someone's talking to me, 
and I don't really care about their opinion. Like, I just not listening anymore. So often, like, people that give you bad advice usually are some of those people. So sometimes I'm like, oh, it's going to be listening to something I said. It's like, no, because I didn't care what you're talking about. And I was trying to listen. I'm doing my best to listen to you. But I'm like, my body knows, like, mm, we don't want to. So we're going to move on. You know how my brain works. I'm always working on my next joke, right? <laughs> I'm going to ruin the mood with. You know how chaotic I can make a session go. Quantity um, over quality, baby. Still my favorite moment. Quantity, my, my still favorite moment was uh, when I was going out to visit you. Like the day before we are in that FaceTime call. When you guys, when you and the friends were already talking. I jumped in and five minutes oh, created yeah. pure chaos and then left. Oh, That's still yeah. my favorite phone calls. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you're on one tonight you were on one um the worst advice i've ever given so i can i can name some advice i've definitely like not taken like things people somebody told me to do um someone told me like if you if you like someone tell them how you feel that's stupid don't ever do that that's embarrassing i will never tell someone how i feel like that's disgusting you can catch me lacking oh that's that's some uh toxic masculinity type bullshit i'm just kidding um mm-hmm. but like like when you're like in school and stuff it's people like oh if you like just like just go up to her and like ask her out in front of her friends in front of witnesses are you insane <laughs> you can get declined in front of other people at least if like you know just one-on-one they could say like oh i could ask you out and i'm like bitch no i didn't who was there you don't get receipts. But in front of her friends? Are you kidding me? No. I'd rather her never know. <laughs> like, I'd, like that's bad advice. I get like, oh, just be brave. Like, the worst you can say is no. No, the worst... Anytime someone says about, like, asking somebody out, the worst they can say is no. That's not true. We all know that. The worst they can do is laugh at you. <laughs> and then tell everyone that you asked them out. That's the worst thing. <laughs> they, can do, they can do far worse things than no. <laughs> I would rather them say no than them say yes. <laughs> I'd rather hear a no than a yes, because then it's like, okay, sweet, I don't got to get any expectations. I don't got to put any effort into this. This is done. Like, that's better than saying yes. I'm like, great. Now I got to, like, do something about it, right? But no, no is never the worst thing someone can say. That's, you know what? That's the worst advice. <laughs> there are far worse things than someone saying, oh, no, I don't want to date you. Ever tell you about. <laughs> that's, my, that's bad advice. My girlfriend in seventh grade broke up with me because she didn't like my shoes. So, Kirsten Turner, if you listen to this, fuck you. I could have been straight if it wasn't for you. Did you ever back? <laughs> yeah, you did this. You did this. <laughs> also, Bianca, if you happen to be listening to this, honey, you didn't make me gay. I was already this way, sweetie. Bianca was like the last girlfriend I had. No, and we Bianca's dated for fault. like two years, I think. I can't remember. I don't know. It was middle school, so I don't really count it. Um... Also, because I never asked Bianca out. Did somebody two years in middle school? Yeah. Bro, I never asked her out. Like, we dated, but, like, we went on one date to a roller rink. Like, a skating rink that I remember. We never held hands, mm-hmm. never kissed, nothing like that. And I never asked her out. So, the class assumed that we were dating. And we were too awkward to ever admit that we weren't dating each other. So, rather than tell the class that we weren't, we just went along with it and that's how I got my longest relationship (laughs) 
Because I can't keep That's a man what I right. wanted to save my life. But if someone assumes I'm dating a woman, you I just, just be, go You just it. be picking up ladies. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn. Honestly, because I didn't, I didn't really try to date in high school a lot. Like, no. I mean, I had crushes for sure, but nah, wasn't really big on it. So, I would say my worst advice that I've ever been given in my life. Hmm, this might be controversial. Do what keeps you safe. Like it. Well, do what keeps you safe in an entertainment industry. Really, just means. Don't ever go for your dreams. Don't ever try. Yeah, right? Like, if you want to do all these big things, you probably should focus on not doing it. And instead, make sure you have a career you can actually make money off of. Um, now, I, I realize that's a double-edged sword, right? Like, I'm not out here randomly meeting strangers or getting stabbed, right? I'm not doing drugs and things like that. Right, so there are things I'm doing to keep myself safe for obvious reasons. But when it comes to my career, I mean, this was something I heard in college or someone I, at the time, kind of looked up to. I, why? Why would you, why would I, it, it felt like it was counterintuitive to the message I feel like they were trying to give me. You told me to keep it safe in the arts. We all know this industry is difficult to be in to begin with. We all know that one day you could be on the top of the world and it could shatter in a matter of minutes. It could be literally minutes. It takes one bad social media post to ruin your career. That's all it takes. It it could be one word. It literally can be one word. What's the word? I mean, well, I'm allowed to say I'm. You're not. <laughs> That's why I asked you. <laughs> There's two in particular I can say that you definitely can <laughs> What's the second one? F. Oh, yeah. I figured it out as soon as I asked it. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So, like, you know, they're, they're just, I don't know. In this industry, staying safe means being complacent, accepting being a, a small man and not growing up the ranks. And I refuse to do that. So, mm-hmm. between that and yeah. a previous partner telling me I'll only ever be good enough to lay on my back, those are probably like the worst pieces of advice. Although I would say that the latter wasn't advice; it was more of a, a statement. Yeah, it sounds like an insult. Yeah, yeah. That's not. I don't think he was advising you at all. Actually, um... I, I think <laughs> I think he thought he was yeah, in the bro. moment. Yikes! It's also yeah. funny because that means he thought I was a bottom. <laughs> I'm not. Wait, Chorsey, are you gay? (laughs) (laughs) Did you like me? (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Oh my god. I hate you. It took so much. As soon as you said that, I was like, bro, you're going to be funny right now. It took so much conviction to say that the straight face. <laughs> oh my god! So proud of you. That's funny. Answer the question. 
<laughs> I my no, man, we actually talked about the last episode. We actually we actually just talked about this. <laughs> so I can't even excuse it. Yeah, no. In the last episode. I talked about it in every episode, I feel like. Um <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, I feel like it's been mentioned in every episode. Because it's, it's an important part of my life. I like, mean, yeah. People who are like, you shouldn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we can talk about this. Because I've had people in the past have been like, you talk too much about your race or your sexuality. I am a gay mm. black nigga. Like, it, it's a very important part of who I am. It's a very... <laughs> it is a part of my identity. What do you mean I talk about it too much? Like, you live in the United States. It's not like you can hide... A, it's not like you can hide from it in a country, in a state, especially that... Um, We'll have to erase those two things about you. You know, I'm surprised I haven't it's, been called a nigger yet. I'm very surprised. You know, that's true. That's true. But in Ohio, I definitely heard that to my face. By a kid, no less. Mm-hmm. There was a, a day I was in marching band. <laughs> oh, Mr. Herman, I missed you, man. Um... He's not dead. We just don't. We just haven't talked. He's not dead. No, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to trust people. I'll be like, <laughs> Mr. Herman. No, 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 no. He's not dead. No, he is fine. He's still. <laughs> he and his wife and his dog are fine. I just, it just I miss him. I miss Mr. Herman because that was like. I had a lot of parents. Like I, ha- I've always been close to my parents. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like every parent in Ohio, sorry, in Whitehall, wanted to claim me as their child. And even some teachers, it went that far. And Mr. Herman, because I spent so much time with him, definitely became like another father figure. Um, so we were at uh, Heath. Uh, it was an away game, and I was a drum major. And this little kid came up to me. And <laughs> sweet little kid. Could have been six, seven, eight. I'm kind of bad with kids' ages. I don't know. And the only reason he was asking his question is because he was so very curious and he didn't know so he figured the best way to find out was to ask me um so he came up to me and was like are you the nigger mascot and I was just like Ooh. right and like I, I'm not upset at the child because he truly doesn't know any better and the fact, the way that he asked the question almost indicates to me as though he thought it was a positive thing. Like, it, it wasn't like a critique or a racial slur. It was just a statement. It was a fact. Like, kind of shows how casually he's heard it. Yeah, exactly. Right? How much he's been in, mm-hmm. in, like taught and trained how normalized that term was for him growing up. You know, and I, I pray that kid, because that was 20... 12 when an incident happened so that was 9 years ago right so he's probably a older teenager maybe going to his 20s now so I hope you know that's no longer the case for that that gentleman um, I don't know why I'm holding my hands on the camera like bro I ain't gonna grab it <laughs> we're so far away man this is zoom shit I would hold your hand if you were reaching out to me <laughs> um, so I know I hope that he is not using that terminology or vernacular anymore but I mean, that, that poor kid, truly just curious, might have been the first black person he's ever seen. And me, at 17, because that was my senior year, maybe that was my junior year, that might have been 2011, because football season is early, yeah, so that might have been 2011 or 2012, yeah. so I was either 16 or 17 when that happened. Um, it's just like, I don't know how to deal with this. 
So I told Herman, <laughs> just like, so this happened. And uh, poor Herman did not know. Because, like, what do we do? Like, it's such a wild, wild thing to come up to somebody and be like, yo. But, I mean, honestly, the person I've heard use that word with the hard ER more than anyone else has really been me. <laughs> that's that's fair. Like, I haven't been... But, I mean, that's... At least it's not white people. and It's not like... It's you using the word and owning the word. Because, I mean, I know how much you like to use the word. <laughs> there was that incident when we got off work from the escape room. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, in your car, right? I was an assistant manager at an escape room in Columbus and got off of work one day. And Dakota and I had worked that shift. Because that... Uh, and I only mentioned that because it kind of plays into what I thought had happened at the time. So me and the general manager were the managers that night and we both got off work. Um, and I got to my car and I'll park right behind the building and the message cock nigger is written on my car. Now for reference, my car has my name as the license plate. Like the license plate is just Chorsey. <laughs> Right, so it's very clear who it is, um, and I would say I was well known in Columbus. I, I mean, people knew me, people knew of me for various different things. Whether it was Model United Nations, whether it was cheerleading, whether it was football, it was step team, it was you know this or that. You know, it was theater. I, I I did a lot. So like many people knew me. Whether it was Central Columbus, it was Whitehall, Ronaldsburg, Bexley. So like it could have been anyone. Really, you have a unique name. Yeah. Um. So anyway, this message was like, uh, it was like a dewy window. Like it was my back window and it was like wet. So like someone had kind of carved it, I guess. Not like scratched, but like, I guess carved the message into my back window. Like when you draw on like a wet window. And so like, I think I called you. I either texted you or I called you. I can't remember. But I remember reaching out to you and be like, did you write anything on my car? And I didn't say what it was. Yeah, this made me so confused that he, like, after you said that, I was like, no. But then when you told me what it was, I was like, why? Why would I write that? <laughs> what? Well, okay, because... Why do you think I would write those words? Because a part of me thought you just wrote the word cock, and that someone else wrote the other word. That's what I was maybe possibly figuring out. Like, maybe, like, you leaving okay. and wrote the word cock, someone thought it was, like, a joke to then add on to that to try and get you into trouble. Like, I didn't think you would actually write the N-word in any way, shape, or form. You won't even okay. say it. Okay. <laughs> but do I, here. do I imagine you 100% <laughs> drawing a dick on my car? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. I understand from that perspective, then. That is – that's something I would do. And so – and it was a lot of, like – it was a lot of emotions trying to process what had happened because uh, at the time we – had a new employee there JJ who um, some people didn't like because he had been banned from Twitch for a lot of his racist and homophobic um, ideology and messaging um, on Twitch (laughs) and I mean I knew of the messaging I knew of these videos and of of Twitch and all that and um, at work he was actually a very model employee to the point that he had worked there for three weeks and I recommended him to be an assistant manager because I thought he was fantastic with guests with how he ran his rooms he was punctual and more importantly he was always so respectful 
to me. Like, if he actually had those ill feelings towards me, I you would have never known. Like, the, when you saw us interact, like, I always loved working shifts with him. And it was such a brief stint. But I loved working shifts with him because he got his shit done. Like, he was very prim and proper, very impressive work ethic. I, I respected the hell out of that person. Um, so a part of me, a small part of me was like, maybe it was him. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to assume this. I, I definitely don't want to assume this. But now that I think about it, it was shortly after that when he quit. And, like, he had to leave and go to Florida, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, eh, maybe? I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. Um, but then, so, then my general manager pulls up. And it's like, hey, are you okay? And I show her what happened. And she's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. So, at the time, like, I... I'm not ups- I'm not upset yet because I haven't processed the emotions of what's happened, really. Um, mm-hmm. But then it ha- then like I get home, and I I I post it on Facebook, <laughs> and the message just starts with the words like "cock nigger," like that. That's what it's in all caps, just like how it's written. Like it's a picture, and then I typed it. It's like this is the message that um, was left on my car when I got off of work, right? Because the the whole idea behind the post on Facebook was like I don't I don't want people's pity but just so we're on the same page I live in what's considered to be like a blue bubble and a red sea type of deal um, right so it's to be a very understanding one of the gayest cities in America according to the human rights uh, the HRC and all this bullshit right and yet this still mm-hmm. happens right this happened in yeah. 2019 right this like this is not going away this is not something like racism is not done homophobia is not done it has not been solved or fixed right and i was the whole point was like no mm-hmm. i don't need your sympathy i'll be okay i'll be fine but check on your queer friends check on your friends of color because mm-hmm. sometimes we need that support we just need to be checked in on and make sure we're doing okay cuz sometimes we're not you know and especially with someone who's who is a black or African culture who has lived in America, we are so indoctrinated to believe that talking about our mental health should never be a thing. You just need to pray it away. God can't fix it for you. Well, God can't fix everything. God can't fix every goddamn thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is supposed to be a, a episode about advice. That's what I wanted to make this episode about. I never told you. I, I wanted to be no. about advice, and somehow we got to talking about i have said that in words so much i'm probably gonna bleep it out because i don't like saying it. <laughs> what do you, mean you don't like saying it i don't like saying you it don't like saying it on the podcast i don't like or... saying it with the er <laughs> this is news to me <laughs> <laughs> fair okay to be fair you just start so and let me explain for y'all most of the time the only reason why i like to say the word is because it makes other people uncomfortable George is a menace. <laughs> like, and honestly, I'm pretty sure you're like one of three people that I would say that word with the ER around. Like, it's really just our friend group. <laughs> yeah, and you call it. I think I'm one of the probably a few people that you'll directly call that word and know I'm not really going to get upset. I think one time you've been like, what did you just call me? <laughs> I think you've done that to me. I think you've like, we've been sort of like, you just call me the N word? I'm like, stop. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> But um, I think I'm one of the few people you directly call that word with both the A and the ER. Got my hand on the trigger. 
<laughs> Man. I... That's the only time... That's the only time I've actually heard her, like, say that word. Just in that context. That's when she... I can't even tell that story because I wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know if I could say... Okay. So... My girlfriend at the time was black. I mean, she never says the word. She's getting arguments with Torsi about the word. I'm um, pretty sure, right? We got in one argument. First yeah. show talking or first met. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she so was watching. It was Reefer Madness yep. in the musical. And um, so, in one of the songs, which was the end of Act One. Um, it's you know it's leading up to that. It's like uh, the so- the lines are ending with er, and then it's like I have my hand on the trigger, and if it ends up like if it comes down to him or me, um, she starts laughing, and because she thought the next lines were gonna be like I'm gonna shoot that, <laughs> and that caught me so off guard because once she dropped the word when she told me, the person to play in question wasn't black <laughs> like a very pasty white actor and it was the first time she's ever like said that word around me and i was i was like yo what is happening it was funny at the moment um but man i forgot about that that was so funny and i will i will say i do not use this word in casual conversation for all you fucking people that are gonna be like oh, i can't believe you say that word i can say what the fuck i want bitch go suck a dick like I said, I truly, I find it fascinating how one word has so much power. I find it very fascinating. I can, I can make people blush by saying that one word. And it, it just, it fascinates well, me. I mean, the psychology behind it. I'm trying I to find these lyrics. Yeah, it kind of goes like faux outrage. Because like, let's be real. What, the people that get offended by the word, what do they look like? You. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, is that they feel like they're supposed to be, you know, upset about it because they can't say it. Some people are like, oh, I just don't think anybody should say it. Um, well, Dorothy, your ancestors came up with the word, so if you're offended, it's probably because I don't know, maybe you were thinking it, weirdo. It's, uh, I... Here it is. I got the lyrics. Okay. His trouble's just gotten bigger. I got my hand on the trigger. And when, and if it comes down to him or me, I'll pull it. <laughs> One bullet. It's almost like they lean into it. Like they knew what they were doing when they wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. I don't know what else you would think. <laughs> uh, maybe some of the guys are like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Put the lights on. Who was it? Who said it? <laughs> um. <laughs> like they pause the show. It's like, complete this lyric. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think it is? They give you like options. <laughs> what do you think the next line is? Oh, it's like that it's like, episode pick of that one. Who's black in the show? Why would you pick that one? It's like uh, uh oh shit, it's South Park. That guy on Will of Fortune. Yeah, when he's on like uh, <laughs> it's naggers or something. It was like annoying people. It's uh, naggers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Listen, I have a fucked up sense of humor and comedy, and that's okay. Because I like me, and that's what matters. Don't lie. I think it's so hard for me to think of bad advice because I don't listen. <laughs> you just don't people. listen to people. 
I mean, as you know, as our friends know, I was like, mm. Mm. <laughs> rarely am I asking for advice, and then, I don't know. I think the advice that people like tell me, like, go to church to solve my problems, is like, going to church isn't going to help me with this. Because one, I've, like, usually growing up, like, with organized church, I was like, me going there, that's not going to help me, because I have to go and try and create a relationship with these people, because I'm going to talk to a stranger about my issues, so go like a therapist or something. I'm not gonna, you know, give up hours and hours on my Sunday. Just pay me to vent to somebody. So then going to church, um, that advice, like somebody just kept pushing that until like, when I told them, like I didn't, that's not for me. Um, I think that was bad advice. Cause like, I totally get why that's like effective for some people and why they went into that. And I'm not gonna knock anybody's like, you know, spirituality or religions. Cause you know, we believe in what you believe in and no that's great it's just something I just didn't have a super high experience with growing up so it's something I'm not I don't lean into anymore and I was mm-hmm. like alright I get it's great for you but it's not something I'm going to lean into I think that was I think though most bad advice is when somebody isn't entirely listening to or empathizing with your situation and kind of telling you what they think based off general like vibes of it Pretty much. When I give out advice, I'm always like, I don't know, though. It's not me. I wasn't there. Right? So that way, if it goes wrong, you can't see it as me. I set it up. I don't know. Like, I love drama. I love, like, getting involved. Like, I love I love getting the juicy details if it's somebody else's drama. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Just get my perspective and then dip. I'm like, oh, well, I don't got to deal with it. <laughs> but um, I don't really... I don't think I give... When you give advice, do you give concrete answers? No, because you can't really give concrete answers if you're not there. And also, I mean, like we talked about before with, like, intent versus impact, no one solution works for everybody because, one, it's people, so people are different. It's not like math, right, where you can just insert a certain number or formula and you're going to get the answer that you want. Like, Yeah, we're not logical. If someone's relaying a story to you, Rarely are they perfectly honest to paint them in a bad light. You're not going to get the emotion. You're not going to get all the contexts of how things were said, what things were like, how somebody looked at somebody, right? So when you're hearing this story hearing from one side, like when if I give advice, I give suggestions. I'll say this is what I think. This is where things that I've done, right? But then I pretty much like, I don't know though, really, like to be fair, like I'm not there. This is how it sounds to me. But I can't speak for what their true intentions are. I can't mm. speak for how you felt in the situation. Maybe I don't think they were acting the way you think they were. I can understand why you would think that. I get that. And maybe they were. But I don't know, though. It's like, I don't think... I think it's kind of impossible to give concrete advice. And I think people that do give concrete advice are usually the ones who give bad advice. Because then if you follow that advice and the person's like, that's not even what I was talking about, like... You read that wrong. Maybe like a more rash decision. I think it's impossible to give. I think it's impossible to consistently give concrete advice in situations you're not involved in. Like if it's just somebody else's situation. Like unless it's like obvious, like someone's like clearly bad. But I mean, as we know, most things in life are gray. Not everyone's. It's not like the movies where someone's obviously a bad guy. Like, right, oh, he's just taking advantage of you, just doing these things. They're definitely problematic people. They're definitely toxic people where it's like, yeah, you need to cut them off. That's what you got to do. But 
we're all someone's bad guy. Mm. That's true. I know for a fact I'm a bad guy in somebody's story. Because yeah. I killed them. <laughs> just so, I mean... I'm uh, just kidding. Like, um. for me, when... If anyone ever asks me for advice, I tend to try and follow a model of continuing to ask them questions. So, I don't... I don't ever really give a concrete answer of, like, you should do this. Um, you know, I will always preface whatever... I want to say with based on what you told me I think what you should do is um, but most of the time I'm just continuing to ask questions in order to help whoever I'm talking to make their own decision of what they believe they should do right so like if someone tells me you know I'm not sure if I should stay with this partner okay well does this person fit with your do you have the same ideologies right do you have the same goals moving forward in life? Do you both want to get married? Do you both want to have kids? You know, things like that. You know, I just continue to ask those questions until at the end, I'm like, do you feel like you've come to a decision that you're happy with? Right. And usually it starts with, are you happy in your situation? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you come to me any situ- yeah. at any sort of issue, my first thing is, are you happy? If you can't identify that answer for yourself, I can't help you. And also, most of the time when someone seeks advice, they really want, like, confirmation what they're doing is correct to somebody else. They just want validation for their feelings. Because most people are going to do what they want to do anyway. Right? They already got a, they already have an idea of what they're going to do. Like, I know for a fact, rarely do I take advice because I'm like, nah, I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to keep doing this. Does that lead to the best outcome? Often, no. <laughs> Often, I make things worse. It's a character flaw. Am I looking for improvement? No. no. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but, you know, like most people, when they're looking for advice, they're also not going to take it because they're going to do what they want to do. Right? Not, they may not be happy in the situation, but they're going to like parts of the situation. Right? So, you know, as much advice you can give to somebody, except for them to really take it and see if it fits their narrative and if it's who they are. Right? And some, just because I would do something in a situation doesn't mean you would do something in that situation and there's no you can't really tell who's right or wrong it's like obviously disastrous happens because you'll get different benefits the situation goes south and you realize okay well learn from this experience maybe i don't really want to be with that person anyway because they don't fit my personality right or maybe or if it works out for somebody else maybe they're more fit for that person like everyone's different they have different wants and needs and personalities so something i would do in my situation may not be effective for you because even if it's the exact same situation, the people involved are different. So their wants and needs are different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. People can do what they want anyway. So you can give advice, but mm. I always just like hearing the drama part of it. So like the advice part always comes, but I always like getting the nitty gritty of like, oh, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know the tea. That's I love hearing it. I'm like a little gremlin. <laughs> Yeah, I I discovered the ideology in terms of listening to advice when I was a teenager. I've never, I will never let someone else make another decision for me because they don't have to live with the consequences of my decisions or actions. So it doesn't make sense to allow someone else to tell me what to do or decide what to do 
because they're not in my body they're not in my brain or in my heart they haven't had the same life experiences they don't have the same upbringing they don't have the same education right there will only ever be one me with these thoughts and emotions and actions based on what i have experienced in these 25 almost 26 years of life so the only person who could really give me the best advice would be me and really in the past couple years that's what i've been focusing a lot on is well instead of what other people would do what do you want to do what should you do for your future what's going to make you happy and honestly i found so much happiness once i did that like i i've become a lot more confident and happier because i follow what makes me happy and then once i recognize that a situation i'm in no longer makes me happy then i correct it you know and it's, to be fair it's not always the most logical thing like some people believe that you should wait in a situation that makes you unhappy until you have something that is more solid i'm not always like that i am kind of of the mindset if it makes me happy i'm out now i'll make it work mm-hmm. But if I'm already upset, and if I'm already not liking the life I'm living, I need to fix it now. Hit the fucking ground. And then I'll build up. I'll get back up. I just have that trust and faith in myself. You know? That's why, mm-hmm. unfortunately, some jobs, <sighs> they just don't work. Because <laughs> once I hit that point of, like, I'm yeah. not happy here, I don't just stay. I'm just like, oh, well, I need this money. Just... I need to stay. Nah, bitch. You can yeah. make money. I'll make money. I'll start an OnlyFans. I don't give a fuck. I will make money. I'll, my bills will be taken care of. I will take care of me and mine's. You know. But I guess, yeah. I think my best advice for people is kind of what you were saying. is like, why would you be unhappy making somebody else money? Right? Like, why would you stick around in a job that you hate if you know you could get something else easily? Like, with comparable skills? Like, yeah, just start applying. As soon as you're unhappy and a job's no longer serving you, Gather, unless it's like your dream role and you know it's just a moment, but then you wouldn't be thinking about leaving anyway, right? Because you know what the hump is. But if you know your future with that company isn't there anymore, you don't see yourself there, start looking elsewhere. Start making those moves because it's not going to suddenly get better, right? Why would you waste your time, waste moments of your life and your 40 plus hours making somebody else richer? And maybe it's problematic because I do that with people as well. That's because I move so much that like a part of me is like so used to constant change that people come in and out of my life, just the nature of how my life has been, that it's, um, I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't quite call it ghosting, but it's easy for me to be like, oh, if this is no longer serving me, like our friendship or our relationship this is, and you know, talking to me, like I, I can cut this off because I probably won't even live here another year or two. Long as I've stayed in one place for six years, and I still went to three different schools, and lived in three different houses, different parts of the city, like constantly moving. Um, You're a gypsy. Problematic on my part, because every time I'm like, oh, just don't talk to them anymore, and then just like go somewhere else. Like you know how much, but to be fair, you know how much fun it is to like cause problems and then like leave the city. That's no. kind of that's kind of a nice feeling. I don't know that life because I I it's have cool. it. It's kind of cool. I do when I go on vacations sometimes. Just go in, talk to people, then I leave. 
that ideology that okay just because we were friends doesn't mean we have to stay right it's a friendship is a relationship just like anything else and if you don't put in work or effort to maintain or keep this working then and friendships should evolve so if if it's stagnant and we're just doing the same thing over and over again at least for me personally that that is how you will get cut because if i don't see you working or trying to grow then i don't i won't fuck with you anymore um I I feel like in high school a lot of people felt like they said that they wanted to be friends and I think they recognized the success that I know I'm going to have because I'm going to manifest that success and so they, they're attracted to that they're attracted to that confidence which I appreciate but I only associate my name my brand and myself with the best just because you know of me doesn't mean we're friends if you are not working to evolve, if you are not working to be the best person you can be, and I'm not saying you need to have a global impact on this world, right? Because to me, an impact, as long as it's one person, if it's your child, it's you know, it's your mother, it's your father. If you're making an impact on one person in a positive light, then you are doing something. But if you're not, if you're not working to be the best person you can be, I don't want to be around you. Like I thought about this, I was doing dishes, and I thought about how do you nicely tell someone you can't fuck with them purely because of their energy like if they're saying all the right things right like they you know you have similar interests it seems like they're saying everything right but your heart is just like this energy feels off I don't like this like how do you kindly say that to someone and be like yo there's something about you I can't rock with you there is something about your aura and the energy you bring that just don't it don't I don't vibe with you like that. And I just don't want to be integrated with you. Cause people are gonna hear that and be like, yo, that's fucked up. That's rude. Like you just you just told me it's just because of me. Like you can't even tell me what I did or what I said. And it's like, no, because honestly you didn't say or do anything wrong. It's your existence. And I didn't want to say that, but now you've pried it out of me. But your existence won't work with mine. I'm laughing because this episode started off as like, what's some advice that you have? And now it's like, Troy's like, I don't like you because of who you are as a person. <laughs> and that's our advice. But which kind of ties in, though, is that... <laughs> no, this makes sense. Because my first piece of advice was... Don't be yourself because most people don't like me. But now it's going to do, don't be yourself if the version of yourself isn't your best. If you're going to be yourself, be the best version of yourself. Because mm. then if you're the best version of yourself, you're going to be less worried if people aren't fucking with you. Because then you're, you're going to be around the people that you want to be with anyway. Right? I think people are attracted to people that like make successful moves and are confident in themselves. And I think most people, that's the best self is just living like confidently and with their like, and that's the way where you get more positive energy. Cause like, I think you can tell like two people can say the exact same things about themselves and you can tell who's confident and who's kind of being manipulative and saying the right things. Mm-hmm. Like if you're fighting with someone, you can like tell, like, I think people are, um, 
we're social creatures we're animals at our core that we can tell the different vibes and some people are great actors some people are great manipulators but usually you can tell who's just really confident and who's just saying the right things yeah um but yeah, I think the core message of this um, episode is you suck and then you need to be better. No, <laughs> that's mean. But yeah, I mean, being adults as friends, being friends as adults, I said that backwards, being friends as adults, I just, I I have higher expectations now than I, I ever have. Unfortunately, not a lot of people meet those expectations, right? And on the flip side, I also, mm. I make sure that I even meet those expectations, right? So th- there's also that kind of self-analyzing and making sure, am I living to my highest standards of what I can do and what I can achieve, you know? And am I constantly working towards those goals? Mm-hmm. I, I said this in an earlier episode this might have been actually this might have been our first episode I tend to attract a lot of fuck ups I tend to you know attract people who need a lot of healing and need a lot of help and so I have to protect myself and I have to protect because I am a healer at heart I am someone who naturally cares for a lot of people and want to make sure everyone is okay and safe and and happy um, and taken care of. But I have to protect me first. I have to put me first. And as a kid, I didn't do that a lot. Um, I I would let a lot of people walk over me. I, as a kid, I wouldn't even speak with a confident voice. You know, I was very quiet and very timid for a period of my life. And I don't know what changed. There was just the moment where I was like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. I'm not being this little bitch. Like, I can't do this. Um, but I have, have to, have to, have to protect myself. And a part of that protection is only associating with the energy and the people who will continue to push me. I push y'all, y'all push me. That is how it has to be. Because there's there's a lot of shit I want to do in my life, and I recognize I can't do this shit alone. Number one, right? <laughs> like that wedding is not something I can just do by myself. <laughs> I mean, that's just a perfect example. It's exhausting though to be around people who don't, and we don't have to share the same dreams by any means. But I need to know you have a dream. You need to be going towards something. And what sucks is because I discovered so young what I wanted to do with my life, I ended up interacting with a lot of people who didn't. Because typically, this age is when you're still trying to figure out what you want to do, which is perfectly fine. I have just always known what I wanted to do. And so I always heard when I was younger, you're you're a lot more mature. You're I'm understanding. It's like, I'm just more focused. I just know what I want to do. And to be honest, I had to start early because what I want to do is even more fucking difficult than what people realize. So I I had to start that groundwork mm-hmm. early. Sorry, but not sorry. I got shit I want to do and I'm going to do it. <sighs> well, if you want to be my friend, just make sure you fill out the application. Keep it 100 podcastcom forward slash friendship. And, um, it is an eight-page application followed by I need a two-page essay. Um, 
So, you know, do what you can do. If you need reference letters, um, place in the reference letters directly to me with the names and contact information of said references. And I will file them and take care of this for Chorsey. Because if you're going to be Chorsey's friend, you will in some way be in my life. And if I don't think you're funny enough to deal with me, I don't want to be around you. So I have to also, you know. That's fair. Figure out who's going to be Chorsey's friends. I need to be able to tell, like, who could be... Ch- of like who can be Chorsey's friend that like I can tolerate as well because I'm gonna if I'm around Chorsey I'm gonna be me and I know when to turn it on and turn it off like like around your friends from Indiana that I know like you're very your relationship with like I can I can melt in anywhere but I'm like all right how much of myself can I be around this person if I feel like I can't be myself you can't be friends with Chorsey that's how it goes <laughs> that's very fair actually <laughs> that's very I very much have gatekeepers of friendship. Or actually of relationships in general. Because I think especially when I was dating my ex, it was very much like, all right, hon, you have a gauntlet to run. And I know your sister threatened about, like, she'll kick my ass if you ever hurt, if I ever hurt you. I don't think you understand the number of gauntlets you have to run for me. Um, because <laughs> it's not it's not just individual people. And I can't even say it's just families. Like, it, it's it's cities. It's entire communities it's colleges it's businesses like i i've just had that much of a region i was like you have to run through each gauntlet like i remember like slowly trying to introduce them like all right you gotta meet my parents gotta meet my grandparents but then like it expounded even more because like you have to meet this friend group okay you have to meet this friend group you have to meet this third friend group right Mm -hmm. like so he thought oh it's gonna meet people from ohio state no because there's different factions of my ohio state friends and then there's the Whitehall friends that you still have to get through and meet. Then there's the people from back home and Warren that you still need to get at some point would have to meet, right? Um, and then at the time, I was working at CCT, right? So then, like, you need to be able also – I need to know you need to be able to conduct yourself in a proper manner when I'm at work because there was a day he had to come up and bring me food while I was working at Annie. Um, and I – the. I was oh I was ticketing manager in the morning and then was stage managing in the evening so I didn't have time to like eat so I was like I need you to bring me food right but like you have to meet all these kids and like you have to see what I do and I need to know that you can handle this interaction because these are with people who are in my career field and I can't have you fucking this up mm. right so and, and like these are people who all genuinely care about me because I've worked with these people or I've known with these people for years so like one of the things I do worry about when it comes to my, and unfortunately my network keeps growing because now I have a professional network and a friend network here in Indiana <laughs> and it gets worse. Yeah. So it's like, there are all of these gatekeepers you have to continue to pass. It's like, I hope you can do yeah. it, hon. Cause, uh, if not, and it only takes one. No, it only takes one. No. Yeah. I think the person that's for you is going to be someone's going to easily pass those hurdles. And I think we're going to, we're really all going to be able to tell it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is the man for choice. Like this, this makes sense. We'll yeah, see. I need to be some equally as passionate as like funny as you. I think it might be low key of like a, I won't say calming presence. No, he needs to be a calming presence. Mm, I don't even know. Yeah, I kind of think that because, like, how, like, you and I can get up to and how, like, eccentric you are, I think it'd be something like that. I think someone who's just, like, just a calming presence that's with you, just so I know how we get. 
and I've seen us both drunk. So I think somebody if that's drunk with you is a little more calm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm a because I'll hype you up always. So I need somebody to be like, Dakota, chill out. I'd be like, okay, that's fair. It's your man. <laughs> I need someone who can, like, just look at me and just say my name. And I just find instant calmness. Or, like, peace and serenity. Because I'm very much, I'm a very active, like, go, go, go. I'm always hyper and, like, always working towards someone. Or, sorry, working towards something mm-hmm. to the point that I know I can overwork myself. So having that partner can just be like, breathe. Right, because I've been able to do that for previous partners of mine, where I can just say their name and they're just like, mm-hmm. ah. but I haven't been able to find that energy back towards me. And I know it exists because yeah. I know I can do it, so I know someone else can. I just haven't been able to find that yet, and that's what I need. I need that calming kind of rock figure, right? That just we're gonna ground you, not ground you, but keep you grounded <laughs> no I know and I'm sure that person for you was out here doing is on the same issue of like you know very career focused right now and that's because they know what their priorities are so I think yeah I can definitely see it in your future like I think it's gonna be one of those like once you're like in your group of doing the things that you want to do that's when you find them honestly it'll be in LA that's really when you're gonna open yourself up is when you're in that Mode. knowing you like i know you're really gonna stay that focused and like you said until you're in la and that's when you probably open yourself so i was like all right i'm where i want to be i'm doing what i want to do who want me yeah so we'll see i'll find a man i'll find him it'll be fine <laughs> also not too worried about it if it happens it happens if not i'll be richer because i won't have kids i won't have a husband so like bills will be a hell of a lot cheaper Dude, I'm doing. Just somebody who makes more money than you. Uh, yes, I do the cooking. Yes, I do the cleaning. Um. Would you be a sugar baby? I would. <laughs> uh, it depends on what the parameters of it was. Like, what do you expect of me? Like, are you paying me to fuck you? Cause no. Are you paying me just to like hang out and talk and like go on dates and associate and be in public with? Absolutely. I do both. No, <laughs> no, I don't want to do both. I don't, I don't want to do both. No, but one of the things I'd rather have, like, I would be, in sex and lazy, like, of course, I'd love to have a job doing stuff that I love, but if it came down to it, I'd be okay being, like, a house spouse for a while. Like, if, like, my part, like, made more money than me, I was like, okay, well, while I'm looking for a job, like, I can, like, hold it down and, like, you know, cook for you, clean for you do these things then also like about myself like okay well if i'm not working and i'm being provided for i can focus on my writing and on my art and stuff but it wouldn't be something i could do forever i've always been the partner who's made more money i've always been too just too busy i've never been in that position where like oh no that's not good i made ten dollars an hour that's my thing it's like i love paycheck to paycheck but i only did in college so it's my first time dating outside of college. Yeah, but even when I dated in college, when I w- when we were working on Scrooge, I still made more than my partner mm-hmm. at that time. Damn. And then Damn. I got the ticketing manager job and definitely made more than him. And then for the other one, they worked at a hospital. <sighs> no more broke bitches. 
they weren't broke. But no, I like I like working. And... I it's so weird because I fucking love working. Up until the point it's time for me to stop. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm. That's what I want. So I I'm want, no longer enjoying it. Yeah, I want clear separation of like, all right, I had fun. This is my work. Bye. Don't call me. And I'd reached that point a lot with the last job. Yeah, so that's the issue with like virtual working right now. Like, um, there's no separation of work-life balance, and because you're always the manager on call, that you're the only one with the answers. Apparently, they're always talking about you. And then because like. I'm just working for my apartment anyway. It's easy for people to just, like, text you and ask you for answers. You're never really, like, off. And then I'm literally living in my workspace. So it's hard for my brain to have that transition of, like, I'm no longer working. Yeah. Especially my laptop doesn't mean I've switched because I'm still in the exact same place I was when I was working. All right. Well, we hit our mark. So I think we're going to wrap it up unless you got anything else. No, we... I was going to say, we talked about a lot. Talk about some advice, but really, bad advice is be safe. And and that relates to, you know, not pushing yourself professionally, not pushing yourself to grow as a person, because everyone else can grow. Whether Even if you even if you are very confident in yourself and you're doing great, I mean, you know you can require some people. Get a hobby. Do something else. Just keep growing. There's too many things in life to just, like, be like, oh, I'm done. I don't think ever, anyone ever wins at life, because... There's so many things to do. Don't kill yourself for a job. It's not worth it. That'll replace you immediately. Yeah. But yeah, and just be you. Best piece of advice is keep listening to our podcast. Because we send us friend requests. <laughs> do with my whole heart. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Keep It 100 here with Dakota and Chorsey. Um, if you like so much, if you, I'm sober. If you like what you heard, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please, please, please help us beat the algorithm and defeat the white man. Um, also share our posts on social media. <laughs> it's the best way to get our name out there. Tag us at Keep It 100 underscore pod. We're working to try to get some sponsorships, but we need y'all's help. If you give us more listens and talk about us on social media, let people know what you heard and how funny or smart or sexy we are, because we love to hear how funny or smart or sexy we are. Um, It'll help us grow a lot. Take care, y'all. Adios. Cue music.